0: I'll say that again. Take heed what you hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. The word hear is used 13 times in this chapter and refers to the receiving of God's word into the inner person. Just the way soil Receives seeds. We must be careful how we hear and what we hear, for this determines what we share with each other. We do not receive the word so we can enjoy it by ourselves. God gives us His word to help others. We receive it that we might share it, just as a lamp gives itself to provide. Light for the house we must share the Word of God. in second Timothy, First no, Timothy chapter four, verse 14 to 16, Paul says, "Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by, the, uh, by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continuing them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Let's pray. O Lord our God, how excellent and majestic is your name in all the earth. Your name is a strong and mighty Torah, Lord Jesus. The righteous run into it and they are saved. Lord Jesus, your name is high above all names. At your name, Lord Jesus, every knee will have to bow and every tongue will have to confess that you are Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, we worship you. We honor and adore you. Blessed be your holy name, Lord Jesus. Lord, we come into your presence today, Almighty God, to offer unto you the sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise. We come today, Almighty God, to hear from you. Lord God, we come today, Almighty God, looking to you for your guidance and your directions in all that we do. Lord, we ask in faith, almighty God, that you give us a special anointing today. Give us a fresh anointing today, Lord, that we may receive your engrafted words with meekness. Touch every heart that's in this house today, almighty God. Help us today, almighty God, to continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of you. Hope in our understanding, Lord God. Give us wisdom, almighty Father, and help us to walk worthy of your calling. Help us, Lord God, to be fruitful in every good works. Almighty oh, God, help us in everything that we do, that we might be a blessing unto you, Lord. Lord, we love you, we honor and adore you, and we give you all the glory and the praise. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. The Church, say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Today, I'm going to allow the word of God to do the speaking to you. On this topic, take heed. Take heed. In searching and studying the scriptures, I found eight verses about heed from thirty two books in the Bible. This must be important to God. This must be very important to God that He can have it repeated so many times for us. Well, I have to apologize for one thing today. I'm not gonna be preaching. I'm going to be teaching today. Teaching is important. It's very important. When you leave this house today, you will not say that this is what Arthur Kellerman said. You will say this is what the Word of God says. Amen? Teaching is one of the most important ministries of the Lord Jesus Christ. He left unto us this gift of teaching. He told us to go out and teach the people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever he has commanded us. And he will be with us always. He promised to be with us always, even unto the end of the world. Jesus commanded us to teach. Brother Henry, can I have some water, please? Thank you, brother. Paul said we should covet earnestly the best gift. This is a gift that God has given to us. And this is one of the gifts that I covet, teaching. I love to teach. It's a pleasure to teach God's word. I know, I must have had something that's causing my mouth to feel dry. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I am more and more convinced that the teaching of Scripture is a channel through which God speaks directly to us. And it de- deserves genuine attention. Teaching deserves Genuine attention. The word of God deserves genuine attention. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. God has given us everything in His Word, so that we can't say, "Well, okay, I didn't know. I don't know this." He has given us everything in this whole universe, so we can't say. We don't know God, or we have any excuse. There's no excuse. The messianic prophecies about Jesus are present throughout the whole Bible, or the Old Bible's narrative, so it is essential to reflect on some key Old Testament stories. For example, Peter's command to repent summarizes Joel's call to turn to God with one heart, with fasting, weeping, mourning, and rending of the heart. Peter's promise of uh, remission of sins captures Joel's promise that God is gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and that he relents from doing harm. Peter's command to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is his answer to Joel's promise that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter's statement that the promise of the Spirit is at least verbally linked with Joel's multi-generational idea that not only those present, but also to their children and to all who are far off. And the final words of Peter's statement, as many as the Lord our God shall call, are virtually identical to the Septuagint rendering of Joel chapter 2 and verse 32, which speaks of the remnant whom the Lord shall call. You can read that for yourself in Joel chapter 1, verse 3, chapter 2, verse 12 to 13, and verse 32, and Acts chapter 2, verse 38 to 39. God's spirit gives life and hope for the future. If Joel's prophecy could hold out a promise of material and spiritual restoration in response to ancient Israel's repentance, we can be sure spiritual death can be replaced with eternal life that, um, and that hopelessness can vanish in the face Of faith. You have many people in this world today have no hope. But if they exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then all their little whims and stuff that they're facing can vanish away. Amen. All this is required in the era, the New Testament covenant of faith. In the era of the New Testament covenant of faith, all the promises of God are yea and amen. We can receive all His promises. God's promise to those who respond to Him in this way is the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a free gift for everyone, everyone is entitled to this gift if they just reach out and do exactly what God, you know, God is so merciful to us that he has given us everything so that we can make it. God is not this hard taskmaster who wants us to do things and not giving us everything that we need to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish. Paul urges six things in verse 14 to 16 of First Timothy chapter 4, which says, I mean, he, he urges us these things to, to stimulate us, to stimulate us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, he says, do not neglect, neglect the gift that is in thee. What gift is he talking about? Did anyone here ever receive a gift before they were born again? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. I don't want you to give the wrong answer. Well, When you die, your spirit returns to God who gave it. So, when you were born, God gave you his spirit. He gave you life. This spirit returns to God who gave it. So, number one, you have a gift, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian. You have a gift. He also gives us a measure of faith to be well-pleasing to him, so we can't say, We have no idea how to please God. God gives everyone a measure of faith. Anybody believe that? Amen. Yes. Everyone is important to God. We were fearfully and wonderfully made. We are special in God's sight. When you are born again, you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with power from on high to lead you. And guide you into all truth. And to be a witness. That means we must be familiar enough with scriptures. To be able to accurately and coherently present the word of God to those that we meet. We must always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. We must always be ready to do this. Number two, he says, meditate on these things. Now, have you ever ob- observed cows after they just got done grazing in the field? Have you ever observed them to see what they do? They find a nice, cool place, a cool, shady place to go and throw down, and they regurgitate all that grass. And chewing it, and chewing it, and chewing it. That's their way of meditating. And then they swallow this grass again. Amen? So when you feed on the Word of God, the bread of life, we need to take some time to bring these things to our, rem- to our memory. Think on these things, meditate on these things. And then you hide them in your heart so that you will never sin against the Lord. Amen? Third thing he says, give yourself entirely these things. How do we do that? An entrusted gift. Is not to be put under a bushel, nor hid in the hurt, but to be used. God gives every one of us gifts. His word is a gift to us. We can't hide it. We can't just take it and put it down. God gave us gifts. He gave us his spirit. He gave us life. We can't use our life just for ourselves. It's for others. Every Christian is gifted and needs to heed the admonition. In other words, give yourself to them completely with no compromise or distraction. We can't allow ourselves to be distracted when it comes to the word of God and the things of God. Certainly, meditation is a part of this, but Paul's commands are much broader. The Christian who is listless about spiritual matters We'll never make progress. If we are listless, if we just relax and allow the word of God to just slip by us, we'll never make progress. Number four, take heed to yourselves. Paul, uh, Paul um, urges us to examine ourselves. We have to examine ourselves to see if Christ is in us. We have to examine ourselves to see if we are in the faith. We have to test ourselves. We should know for sure that Jesus Christ is among us. If not, we have failed the test of genuine faith. As we test ourselves, his hope is that we will recognize that we have not failed this um, apostolic authority. We have to examine ourselves daily. The unexamined life is not worth living, said um, ancient philosopher Socrates. It's not worth living if you don't examine your life. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit to spread the good news and free those who have been held captive by sin. Find it in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 to 19 and Acts chapter 10 verse 38. After Christ left the earth, he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. John 14 and verse 16. Now everyone that was born again is anointed and chosen for a specific purpose in furthering God's kingdom. Every one of us. There's no exemption. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself and he left unto us The Ministry of Reconciliation. We are ambassadors for Christ. For Christ who knew no sin. But he took our sins. That we might be made the the righteousness of God in him. He did this for us. This is the greatest privilege that any one of us can ever have. To be an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. Being a president, being a being prime minister, or being a governor, or whatever, can't be compared to being an ambassador. The world have to come to us to get their visa to go to heaven. Where else are they going to get their visa? Huh? Okay, we are the ambassadors of Christ. The ambassadors of this new Jerusalem. God has given us a great privilege and this is greater than any that you can think of. The Holy Ghost is a gift from the Lord and from the Holy Ghost come all other gifts. But not everyone exercise all these gifts that come from the Holy Ghost. You know, some people think that okay, when you receive the Holy Ghost you can do everything that you want to do. That's not so. Paul says now we are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, government, diversities of tongues. Then he goes on to ask, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracle? Of all the gifts of healing. Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? These are the questions that the Apostle Paul asks. But he says, covet earnestly the best gift and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. You can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 to 31. I didn't want to give Sister Patrice all these scriptures because it might look like I'm giving her the whole Bible. But anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, Paul says, He who established us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has zealots us and given us the spirit in our heart as a guarantee. God has given us his spirit as a guarantee. Number five, he says, Take heed to the doctrine. Number six, he says, continue in them. This is what Paul says to us. It is easy to correct doctrine, but much more challenging to live doctrine. We'll never, we'll never ever be able to save someone else if um, we lose our spiritual authority. Again. These six admonitions are very important to every one of us. We are to take heed both to ourselves and to doctrine. This is to take oneself and doctrine seriously. It is to keep a strict eye on self and on teaching. We have to keep keep a strict eye on the teaching that we receive. You have many false teachers out there. You have many people teaching false doctrine out there. And we have to be very, very careful. How easy it is to become lax and allow ourselves to wander. As we continue in what we see, by taking heed to ourselves and doctrine, salvation comes both to us and to those who hear us. See, if we're going to teach something that's false, then we're going to be sending people to eternal damnation. But if we are teaching them the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ, the doctrine that we have received, then we are giving them life and life everlasting. This is where we work out our salvation as we see in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. But salvation can only be worked out because it has been placed within us by the Lord Jesus Christ. No one that, uh, that does not have the Lord Jesus Christ living in them can work out their salvation. They can't work it out. You have to first, you know, there's a scripture that a lot of people struggle with. Having faith in Jesus Christ. It's important to know what faith is. You have many different interpretations and definitions about faith. But when you check the word of God, when you search the scriptures, when you look at all the examples that you find in scriptures, all the people that you see in scriptures, they took God at his word. That is faith. Taking God at his word is faith. If you're not going to take God at his word, then that shows that you're not exercising faith in God. None of us have ever seen him. None of us have ever seen the Lord, but he gives us his word. We have to take him. We have to take the word of God at face value. The role of our ministry to one another in the transmission of salvation must never ever be minima- minimized. Everyone that has been born again of the water and of the spirit were elevated To a place of influence. Every one of us. We were elevated to a place of influence. We were lifted out of darkness and placed into God's marvelous light. To sit in the company of angels in heavenly places. God has given us the authority to do great works. I mean greater works than he did when he was on this earth. God elevated Joseph, Daniel, Hester, and Mordecai while they lived in a country that was not their own. These were God's people living in foreign lands and God's purpose extended there also. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. Therefore, we must trust in the Lord with all our heart Lean not unto our own understanding. We must acknowledge him in all our ways. And he will direct our path. No matter where you are in this world, God will direct your path. Many of us here today were born outside of the United States. Many of us here today were born outside of the United States. But because of God's goodness and his mercy, he allowed us to come to a foreign land, leaving all our relatives and friends behind just like he did with Abraham. Abraham left his relatives and friends to go to a foreign land. But guess what? God was more merciful to us than Abraham. Abraham walked all the way. Some of us flew. We came on ships. Born on a boat and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Isn't God good? Awesome. Our God is an awesome God. <laughs> in searching the scriptures, we find all the things that God requires of us. This is why Jesus commands us to search the scriptures. He didn't say go to Luke, go to Mark, go to John. He said search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life and their day which testify of me. Our God wants us to look through the whole Bible because everything is relevant. Everything in the whole Old Testament and the New Testament is relevant to us. We need to search it. In scriptures, God, God never brings acclamation for the purpose of human exaltation. Human glory is never God's purpose for elevating us. It's not God's purpose to just Elevate us from where we were, and put to 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 sit in heavenly places, to you know glorify ourselves, but to bring Him glory. The most common reason for God's God exalting a person is the salvation of others. Joseph was used by God to save his brother and father, or his brothers and fathers, so Israel could continue as a nation. God elevated Esther, Mordecai, and, you know, many others that the Jews throughout the Persian Empire could be saved. God elevates people to perform his will, usually so others can be saved. We are commanded to let brotherly love continue and be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unaware. We are commanded to remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourself also in the body. We have to remember one another, we have to remember everybody. God I mean, God loves. Our God's love is extended to the whole world. It's not just for a few. It's for everyone. We must take heed to the word of God. We must read it for ourselves. We can't just take what somebody says to us. We have to search it for ourselves. We have to work out our own salvation. We have to dig into God's word for ourselves. To see what it says. God told Moses to um, gather the children of Israel. To, at Mount Sinai. So he could speak to them collectively. And you know at the, same t- at the same time. In the same place. He wanted everybody to hear what he has to say. He didn't want to just talk to Moses. So Moses could talk to them. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 18 says. And all the people saw the thundering. And the lightnings And the noise and the trumpet." and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Can you imagine these people that God took out of bondage? He he kept them, He provided for them. Their shoes and their clothes didn't wear out during the period of time that they were there in bondage. God is a merciful God. And yet, look at this. The time now God wants to speak to these people and say, Moses, you go talk to God and then come back and talk to us. And this is what many people do today. They'd rather to just sit and listen to someone speak to them, tell them that this is what the word says and, you know, they go about their business not even thinking that they should research what the preacher says. Why was Israel... Cursed with 40 years of wilderness wandering. Why? Wilderness wandering refers to the plight of the Israelites due to their disobedience and unbelief. The Lord delivered his people from Egyptian bondage as described in Exodus chapter 1 to 12. They were to take possession of the the land that God had um, promised their forefathers a land flowing with milk and honey. Prior to entering this promised land, however, they became convinced that they could not expel the current inhabitants of the land, even though God had told them that they could do this. Their lack of belief in God's word and God's promises brought the wrath of God upon them. We have to believe what the word of God says. He cursed them with 40 years of wilderness wandering until the unbelieving generation died off, never stepping foot on that promised land. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 to 12, Paul says, Now all these things happened unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the end of the world are come wherefore let him that think or thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall many people today think that they're sure they're, they're they're sure of their their standing with God they think that they're right in the things that they do you have so many different religions today or religious belief today thinking that okay we are going to heaven but yet many of them Reject the thing that God has given to them or reject the power that God has given to them or given to everyone so that they can make it to heaven. Some people don't look into the Bible mainly because they realize that there are things that they will will have to change. They will have to make changes by looking into the scriptures. James 1 verse 23 to 24 says, For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgeteth what manner of man he was. This man get up, get, gets up in the morning, he looks into the mirror, and he sees a little matter here, a little boogle here, a little bridle there. And then he just goes about his business, on the way to work. This is a tachy going down the road. This is how God looks at people that looks into his word and don't make changes. It's a mirror. You look into the mirror of life and you see the things that you need to change. You need to change them. And we need to do it quick. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone. It's not. There's a lesson in this for, for, um, in this for us. The Israelites knew that hearing the word of God required that they obeyed him. They knew that if they, you know, they heard the word of God, they should obey him. We today that hear the word of God needs to obey exactly what God says to us. This is how God speaks to us today. It's an awesome thing to hear the voice of God. And that voice comes to us every day. It comes to us through the written word, the Bible. It comes through direct revelation. It comes through worship. It comes through preaching and teaching. It comes through imagination as we meditate on the Lord himself. Each day as we step outside, we see God's creation. We see the world that God created. We are faced with a living picture of his revelation. God working out his attributes in a sentence, David proclaimed, The heavens are clear, the glory of God, and the firmament show it is on the work. Paul tells us that the invisible attributes of the Lord have been clearly seen ever since the beginning, so that humans have no excuse. We have no excuse. Job said, even the beasts of the fields and the birds of the here acknowledge, display, and teach us about God's sovereignty. When we walk outside the door each day, we step into a world that God constructed to deepen our understanding of who he is. In the Bible we read that the Lord is faithful to his people. Then we step outside to see the faithfulness in the rising sun. We feel it in the rain that beats on our arms as it um, completes the cycle it has been performing for generations. Everything that God creates, he does it so we can know that he exists. It is not enough to hear the word. In fact, there is a sense in which we have not heard the word unless we obey the word. When we do that, it shows that our faith is growing. That measure of faith that God has given to us is growing. It's not enough to just hear the word and do nothing about it. We have to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. know, J- Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, the Lord says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me, Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. We often wonder why there's so much chaos going on in the world. There it is. People sucking the sour grapes and setting their children' teeth ahead. You have some houses today that don't have a Bible. Some kids, you tell them about the Bible, they say, "What's that?" (laughs) They have no clue what the Bible is. Because their deeds are evil, people don't come to light. People don't look into the word of God to see the things that they need to change. They don't come to the light because their deeds are evil. And they continue to spread this unto their children and their grandchildren. The psalmist says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. We can't change the word of God for this or that generation, for the you generation or the the me generation. We can't change the word of God. God's word is forever settled. It's exalted above his name. The scripture says, the entrance of thy word, it giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. David says, I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. God's word is forever settled. It's exalted above his name. I mean, the word of God, or the name of God, is powerful. There's power in that name. But yet, he exalts his word. He elevates his word above his name. His word is important. We have to take God's words seriously. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, uh, 4 and verse 12 says, Thy word, or the word of God, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Paul goes on to say, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Did I say, Paul? That was the psalmist. <laughs> Paul didn't say that. Probably he did in his teaching. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are day than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So I said, some people don't look into the word of God. But people need to take heed today. Look into the word of God to see what it says. Because this is how God communicates to us. We don't need, to, um, to, to, we don't need any consultation with um, read-up men and women. We need to consult the word of God. Many people will go to somebody to tell them what they need to hear about themselves. But everything that you need to know about yourself is right here in the Word of God. Scripture says in Romans 15 and verse 4, what things were written aforetime, they're written that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. They're written for us, they're written for our learning. To be able to walk in the light as Jesus Christ is in the light, we need to study the word of God diligently. Don't just take what you hear from anybody. Study the word for yourself. In Berea, Paul and Silas, along with Timothy and Luke, found fear-minded people with a readiness to receive the good news of the gospel. This was expressed in a readiness to listen and search the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was true. They searched the scriptures for themselves. They didn't just take their word for it. You find it in Acts chapter 17, verse um, 10 to 12. When manufacturers produce a machine, they place it on the market with a detailed set of instructions how it should be operated. Although they attempt to make the instructions um, understandable, often they require that the new operator reads them several times to fully understand how to operate this machine. One reason new operators of these machines have trouble is because they think that they can figure it out without reading the instructions. Yeah, yeah I know how to do this. And I just, then you start to do it and you chop off your hand. <laughs> the God of our salvation lets us, our, he, he lets us detailed instructions of how we ought to live in this world. This includes not only a way to get to heaven, but a way to live successfully in this present world. Unfortunately, many people believe they can get get away without reading the word, without studying the word of God. People think that okay, I can live this life, I can do whatever I want to do without even looking into the instruction book, the manual that God has given to us. These are, they say, the basic instructions before leaving earth. People thinking that you can do without it. This machine, the human body, soul, operates more smoothly and effectively when we follow the guidelines of God or God's instruction book, the Bible. Jesus says, if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejected me and receiveth not my word, at one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, Therefore, even as the Father saith unto me, so I speak. You find that in John chapter 12, verse 47 to 50. Jesus also says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's talking about the Holy Ghost that you will receive so that you can understand the things that are given to you for your learning and for your admonition. These are God's words. And people can't understand them without the Holy Ghost interpreting them for you. People try to interpret the scriptures for themselves in their own way, with their own thoughts. But without the Holy Ghost, you can't interpret the scriptures. Scripture can interpret scripture, but the Holy Ghost is the greatest interpreter of scripture. In today's society, we have many organizations, as I said earlier, with different views and interpretation of the Bible because they do not allow the Holy Ghost to interpret the word of God for them. They try to interpret it for themselves. Paul says, This know also that in last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth-breakers, False accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, eddy, eye minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. What power is he talking about? He's talking about the same power that we read about in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, same power that we, we, we should receive. When we receive the Holy Ghost, this power is promised unto everyone. It's not just for a few. It's not just for those that are way back there. It's for everyone, for even those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He says, there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. If any man come to you with any other gospel, other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, let that man be accursed. Paul instructs us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Jesus says, I have yet many things to show unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will gu- guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak. And he shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. I have many things to say, but it don't seem like I have enough time to say all these things. Anyway. Anyway, the reason for this admonition is that there is a right and a wrong way to divide the word of God. There is a right and a wrong way to do many things. And especially dividing the word of God. Many people wrongly divide the word of God. It is imperative that we take heed how we divide the word of God. In John chapter 20 verse 26 to 29 we read that after eight days again Jesus' disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the door being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. There's a time that we all will be able to do this. We all will be able to just move, go where we want to go, go through wars and all that kind of stuff. Guess what? We are already ambassadors. And the time is coming when we'll have a glorified body like his body. Amen? None of the disciples went out and found Jesus and snitched on Thomas. They didn't go out and snitch on Thomas to tell Jesus that this is what Thomas said. Jesus knew exactly what he was saying. (coughs) Thomas said, I mean, when when they told Thomas that they saw Jesus, Thomas doubted everything. We can't doubt. If we go to God in prayer, we have to believe what he says. We can't have any doubt in us. Amen? Now, as I said, there are so many things that I have to say. I think I have to continue this another another day. This is a great lesson. But well, we have to continue this another time. Now, God has exalted every single one of us. He has lifted us out of darkness and placed us into his marvelous light for such a time as this. We are living in the end of this dispensation. The dispensation of grace. And the scripture says we should not take this dispensation of grace lightly. We shouldn't, we, we, we shouldn't take it in vain. The end of this dispensation is drawing close. And we have to make up in our mind where we will spend eternity. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not promised to any one of us. So we need to take heed now. Take heed. For all those that think they are standing, take heed lest you fall. Let's all stand together. Remember that God has elevated us to positions of influence. We are to influence the world. Now, all heads bowed, and all eyes closed. No peeking. Is there anyone here today who has never been born again? Anyone here who has never been born again? Never been baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Well, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is promised to no one. We don't have the opportunity to walk out these doors and walk back in another day. Today is that day. Lord Jesus, almighty Father, we come in faith again to give you thanks, Lord, for all your goodness, your loving kindness, and your mercy. Thank you, Lord God, for your word that you've given to us as a lamp unto our feet and a light for our path. Lord, we thank you, almighty God, for drawing us and giving us repentance to the acknowledging of, of the truth. We thank you, Lord, for opening our understanding. Lord Jesus, we thank you for leading us and guiding us into all truth, almighty God. Oh, precious Savior, you're altogether lovely, you're altogether wonderful to us, almighty God. Without you, Lord, we can do nothing. We are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. almighty God. We come into your presence, almighty God, looking to you for your guidance and your directions in all that we do. Help us, almighty God, to continue to grow in grace and in knowledge of you. Lord, help us to be steadfast and movable Always abounding in work that you set before us. Almighty God, order our steps in your word, we pray. Lord, we ask in faith, Almighty God, that you fill us with the knowledge of your will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that we may walk worthy of you in all pleasing, and be fruitful in every good works, and increase in the knowledge of you, Almighty God. O Lord God, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of you that the heights of our understanding might be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us, Lord, who believes, according to the working of your mighty power. Work in us, Almighty God. We ask, Lord God, that you keep your hands upon us. Cover us under the shadow of your wings, Almighty God. Give your angels charge over us. Give your angels charge over every home that we're presented here today, Almighty God. O Lord Jesus We pray in faith that you supply our needs according to your riches in glory. Lord, we ask in faith that you bind us together with love. Bind us with cause that cannot be broken, almighty God. Oh, Lord, help us to fulfill your joy by being like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Oh, have a father, hear our prayer today, almighty God, and let your perfect will be done. Lord Jesus, we love you. We honor and adore you, almighty God. We ask, Lord God, as we leave this house today, that you'd go with us. Almighty God, continue to guide us and direct us, Almighty God. Help us to come another time, Almighty God, to hear from you. Lord God, help us to hide your words in our heart that we might not sin against you. As we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. The church say, Amen. Amen. Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be merciful unto you, and give you peace. Amen.